0: Yo. You like movies? Yes, I do. I like movies, too. This is Zebras in America, episode 127. Uh, If you're listening now, as I say, during this time, we are recording safely in quarantine. I hope everyone is safe. I hope that if you're listening in the future, that there is a future and all of you are taking care of yourselves and being kind to each other and trying to stay safe, as safe as you can uh, in this world. And I just want to uh, read a paragraph from, uh, from a book called The End of Policing. Um, Tamir Rice and John Crawford were both shot to death in Ohio because an officer's first instinct was to shoot. Anthony Hill outside Atlanta, Antonio Zambrano Montez in Pasco, California and Jason Harris in Dallas were all shot to death by police who misunderstood their mental illnesses. Oscar Grant in Oakland, Akai Gurley in Brooklyn, Eric Harris in Tulsa were all shot by mistake, quote, in quotes, because officers didn't use enough care in handling their weapons. North Charleston, South Carolina, police officer Michael Slager shot Walter Scott in the face for fleeing a traffic stop and potential arrest for missed child support then planted evidence on him as part of a cover-up, which was backed up by other officers. On Staten Island, Eric Garner was killed in part because of an overly aggressive police response to his allegedly selling loose cigarettes. The recent killings of so many unarmed black men by police in so many different circumstances have pushed the issue of police reform onto the national agenda in a way not seen in over a generation that's from a book called The End of Policing it's free on Verso be- Verso Books I suggest you guys the ebook is free on Verso Books and I suggest you guys pick it up and if you're like ah oh, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore if you're a white person then you need to unpack your privilege and and be uncomfortable and do the work because we are in a time right now where if we don't do the work this country is going in a very bad place. And I just, I don't know, man. I I, I know that we weren't sure if we were going to talk about this shit. But, you know, recently, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer on camera. Uh, The police officer had there's gonna be graphic shit before we go into the episode because um, i just feel like we have to talk about it and i think it's very important me as a white person to 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 talk about these things and and get over my own white fragility and work through this stuff so so we can talk about these difficult things and i wanted to do work i didn't want to burden marcus with having to talk about stuff unless you wanted to and if you're a white person and this information upsets you this information makes you uncomfortable send me a direct message i i have literature for you to read i have stuff to talk about because until we really put our money where our mouth is to to unpack how we can dismantle white supremacy and and take care of our human relatives, especially, uh, you know, uh, black and brown young men, then, you know, we need to work on that. Especially if, if you, I'm so tired of, of hearing people being like, you know, I'm not a political person. And I'm like, yo, if you, li- if you love black arts and you're a white person and you don't think you're political, and you, or you don't feel the need to support this stuff that's going on, if you don't have an opinion about Black Lives Matter if you don't have an opinion about these things, then you're just being whack. You're you're being so privileged. It is such a privilege to not have an opinion about political things. It is so privileged yeah. to not have an opinion on on what's going on right here. And there are people who are in the streets right now risking COVID to to do the work. And and I mean, George Floyd isn't the only person who's been, in my opinion, and many people's opinion, murdered by by the police or murdered through white supremacy. and the uh, or people almost getting having, getting almost getting so like the Amy Cooper situation, you know, this uh, this black gentleman was birding in Central Park and politely asked a white woman with her dog to to leash up her dog she wouldn't he took out the camera and you see her telling the cops that an angry african-american man is trying to is is making her feel unsafe which is a weaponizing of what can happen to black men and i don't know uh am i off base for talking about this shit marcus no of course you're
1: not off base it's um you know a lot of things I mean, you said a lot of things that resonated with me. I mean, I, 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 I try not to, especially in the past month, I've tried not to go crazy with tracking the the graphs and charts of COVID, but I do know I'm still in no position to be in a protest, you know, like outside with a bunch of people, even if I have a mask, just because, right. you know. So at this point, like, all I can do is just donate to certain, fund, like, bail funds and whatnot, and if I see something on Whatever form of social media I happen to be on if I think it's relevant and actually good then I'll share it and that's kind of all I can do in addition to living because and I say this without uh, wanting a pity party but it's it's like obviously I'm alive so I I can't say I relate to some of the aforementioned names but in terms of being harassed by overly openly harassed by police as a large black man I guess I'm still kind of young Like, I I relate to that quite a bit. So it's not... In 2020, you see non-black people, even some black people, that are still amazed and surprised at at what they're Mm -hmm. seeing. Whereas to me, I'm not numb. Like, the minute I become numb to this kind of stuff, that's a problem. To me, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I'm just always aware. And then sometimes you have to stop and think, and you're just like, God damn! like, there's a reason why... I tense up when I'm driving around cops. So there's a reason why, like, I do this because of past experiences. And it's one of those things where it's just like, it's, it's super light trauma. Or i you know, you might not have the threshold I do. So to other people's, it's serious trauma. But, uh, you know, I was just thinking back today. I was walking to the grocery store. It's like, I've lived in four different states. And in each of those states that I've lived in, completely unrelated, different places, it's like I have my different stories of just like, I mean, shit, man. I've been stopped and frisked before that term became a thing you know, on the college of, of, of a historically black college where I went, Hampton University, mm-hmm. by a white police officer. So imagine that dynamic. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that is kind of fucked up. It's like a white cop stopped and frisked me in the middle of one of the most historic, you know, historically black colleges. And then I thought a little right. deeper, and it's like, you know what? Not, not, not to get super dramatic and get on a platform, but President Harvey, the president of Hampton University, to some degree, it's kind of on him because he was very openly conservative um Mm. i'm not gonna i think when people are conservative republican but they're black people like to throw out that whole self-hate thing too quickly i mean president harvey obviously loved being black he loved his blackness he loved black people but i also think it's very strange to be between the years that i went there from the years of 2000 through 2004 to be an open bush supporter you know in a college of thousands of black people you know and, and to be a conservative to some degree to have these like white officers on a black campus in the you know position to like stop and frisk black students there's something funny about that and obviously there were black police officers on campus too but there were just as many white you know and 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 i remember like that you know you know that stuff kind of bugs me so i say all that to say it's like um at this point someone in my position going back to what i said all all i really can do is just kind of help from from afar which and i still think it's a lot more than a lot of people are doing. So, like, I'm if, if you're right. if, if if you're unemployed like I am and you still have a couple of bucks to throw to a bail so fund or something like that, yeah. I I think that's more than enough, honestly.
0: There, there's many ways to help, and and I'm I'm not trying to be like I'm not trying to tell anybody how to help. Sure. I am, and I'm certainly not trying to tell black and brown people how to grieve, and the work that I'm willing to do and the work that I've been told to do by many people who, who are not white is to talk to other white people about these things and mm-hmm. have conversations and and allow people to feel that guilt. Like, if you feel guilty about this shit, that's okay. Mm-hmm. N- now n- now do the work. You know, people people's ears are perking up, I think, because now it's unavoidable. Right. You know, like, you... You have tragedies like the death of Breonna Taylor, and then you have uh, Ahmad Arbery, who who was murdered on film for running. Yep. And, and it's not that... And he was murdered in February. Yep. And the people who did it were not arrested until recently. Sure. And it's not that they got arrested because the video was made, because people... Because the powers that be saw that video he got arrested because we saw that video. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: And and it's very it's not that and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do like the all cops are bad or the all cops are good or any of that sort of thing. I believe and and Ahmad Aubrey was not killed was not murdered by cops, but like if you think
1: so no, ex cop, I mean whatever, that so thing right. once a cop always a cop, blah 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 thing. I mean I mean that's what they say. So you we can't, you need, can't we... get rid of that when it's convenient.
0: Right. And if you're, and if you think that this is a, a partisan issue, like if you say that you're a conservative and you believe in small government and you believe in accountability, then, and you're not outraged at the, the murder of George Floyd, then I don't, I, I don't know what to say to you. Then there's some work that you need to do inside yourself. Right. And and the thing is, you know, people of color have been terrorized in this country since the beginning of the country. And the only difference now is that we have videos and we have cameras and which doesn't always protect us, you know. Oscar Grant, the the murderer of Oscar Oscar Grant. I don't even think he's in jail anymore. You know? I he, think he, was con-
1: he was convicted for... The maximum he was supposed to serve was two years. And he got out in about, what was it? It was like seven or eight months. So, that's...
0: There you, you know go. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just... There's also an interesting... This is a weird... This Darren is a Wilson. We- Darren Wilson killed Oscar yeah, Grant. Yeah. And people filmed that shit. And, you know, there. That, that was um why am I blanking yeah. the, the movie uh, oh Fruitvale, the Station. Beat, Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station Fruitvale Station Station. Yeah. which is what the first first film of the of the I think that's the first film of that director
1: yeah that was his debut
0: um and to to talk about film you know yeah uh which which I which I I do want to talk about. You we'll, know. Get to um, we'll get to it. We'll get to it if we get to it. You know. Ryan Cooler. Yeah, we get to it if we get to it. I did You know, we have another episode that we recorded that we were going to put out this week, and I just felt that that we should talk about this stuff. And and yeah, and I feel I feel okay about it. And again, if if you're a white listener and you feel uncomfortable and you're offended or you're upset or you're starting to really see what white privilege means or you're still pushing back on it. Let's talk. Because you know, the only way that we're gonna we're gonna grow as a nation and grow as a people is through education. Well to go back to what you were saying though speaking of film. And accountability. I, oh, education yeah. of people who who want to who are who are now willing to unpack white guilt, mm. because it is painful. We're going to have to do that work, and we're going to have to hold people accountable. And there's going to have to be, uh, a, I believe that there there, uh, there needs to be different sort of accountability boards for police. Sure. I'm sorry. What were you saying?
1: No, there's this interesting progression. I, I I'm sure I'm I, I could not be the only person to just think of this, but between from like you know. Actually, it predates Rodney King. There's the um, the Ken Burns do- documentary about the the racist na- na- uh, neighborhood in Queens, to Rodney King, to the grainy flip phone footage of Oscar Grant to the slightly mm-hmm. updated footage of Eric Garner, to the footage of Ahmad Arbery. It's also, it's very scary, sad, interesting watching the progression of, like, documenting crime through, like, technology. And just, like, the the quality of video. Like, even that's very, like, weird, scary, sad, fucked up. Um, there's, just, so, there's just something there that just kind of came into my mind when we were just talking about that and also t- talking about film. And then you mentioned Fruitvale Station. That's... Uh,
0: well yeah, so. I was just thinking about movies about police brutality that yeah. that aren't like grief porn. Sure. You know, films films that use loss and pain to to push forward a narrative that is, I think, completely sincere and not emotionally manipulative. Yeah because there's been a lot of, you know, movies taking advantage of the Black Lives Matter idea for the past few years and we've uh, we've talked about them before I think but we definitely have you know Fruitvale Station deals deals with it in in a different way and I mean it's hard to broach these subjects, right?
1: not I could see why, yeah. I mean, I could see why it would be for someone. Personally, no, but I, I, I get why it would, you know. What, why it could be, sure.
0: You know, because um, then you just like people are, you know. There's this whole narrative of like, oh, you know, when when are people gonna get over this, or what are we gonna do, you know? And we're we're not that far away from. Like the civil rights movement is our parents' age, and so, so there's we, you know, like uh, I was listening to, um, I was trying to listen to the the new episode of of Joe Rogan with like that guy who does all the the loop pedals, Reggie Watts. Reggie oh, was, right,
1: right, right, right. Sure, sure, sure.
0: You know, and, like, his, his birth was illegal, you know? Yeah, Cause
1: huh. yeah.
0: And, and um, just, like, think, thinking of stuff like that. And so we're not that... We, there are people whose who's parents who had illegal children, yeah. you know? Uh, or, like... I was raised directly by a mother who
1: was around Colored Only Fountains, and my grandfather was arrested... Because my mother, she wasn't paying it when she was a little girl, she wasn't paying attention. She drank from White's only water fountain, a white guy grabbed her, and her father my grandfather beat him up, and then he got arrested. So that's direct, like literally people that I'm related to who well, I mean, rest in peace, mom. She, she recently passed away, but she should be alive today. I'm just saying she was in her 60s, so like there's people alive today I mean, forget it, my mom's brothers and her sisters are, and her sister are still alive, so I'm related to people who from South Carolina, backwoods South Carolina, dangerous place to be back then, who, right. who, who remember that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? My grandmother made it to 95, you know, when she passed away. She was born in 1920, so she was even closely related to people who were, like, actually slaves. Like, she was not far removed from actual slaves, given when, when she was born, you know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, was just, I was just thinking um, just about, like, all these all of these, like, uh, just, like, complex things and how we're not that far away from it. And now we're in the midst of a lot of stuff going on. There's there's, a, there's protests around the world. There, were, there have been largely peaceful protests in every single state right now. There are protests around the world. And then I just also think about the circularity of it, um, like that... Do you remember the 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 first Reflection Eternal album? Of course. And there's that there's the secret song four women. Yeah. Uh and there are lyrics that I can't really say, but I can just say that, you know, he sleep quality talks about meeting a, a woman who who went through all the stages of words that were called black people and the circle changes. And um it's just very interesting. Or you have a, or, you know, Trevor Noah, who's trying to, be, who's been trying to make pretty strong commentary about what's going on right now. His, yeah. his, he's, 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 his creation was legal. You know what I mean? Sure. In, in In apartheid South Africa. So when, sometimes when conservatives or liberals try to talk to me about the importance of the Constitution, I'm like, yo. One, like, this country was was created on, by by people coming here illegally, and not to say that I really think anyone is illegal. Like, no one's illegal. Like, I hate that term illegal. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Because um, no one's illegal. They're people. But, like, people coming to this country and doing a lot of messed up shit and... People can cite, oh well, what about what? Or when you were talking about when uh, a few years ago, when when same-sex marriage was not yet a thing. Yeah. It just in certain countries, just in certain states. People are like, oh well, what about the sanctity of marriage? I'm like, dude, miscegenation was 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 a crime up until 40, 50 years ago. What what the word marriage means. In, in the law of america has a very complicated history so yeah. that that whole constitutional argument loses a lot or like uh did you remember the jeff nichols movie loving
1: absolutely of course uh underrated underseen uh movie uh, it you know uh, not to brag i was one of its First champions because I was able to see uh, it yeah, at the same, Toronto yeah. Film Festival. Um, oh, I didn't. But yeah, no, that's what I was, Yeah, I saw it before it even officially came out and wrote a review, less than twenty what hours. At, you know, after after that movie, kind of fell by the wayside, and it was like, you know, another example why I, I also think Joel Edgerton's a really good kind of underrated actor. Also, very right
0: underrated now. actor, and he's very underrated in that movie. But that movie also does a really good job of of choosing. The art of filmmaking first, to tell the story. So you know it's about the plaintiffs. Uh, you know the Loving versus Virginia.
1: Yeah.
0: Which which invalidated state laws prohibiting interracial marriage, and is about Richard and Mildred Loving. And it's not, And it's not a very. You know, it's not trying to be sanctimonious or super extra it's just it's just a beautiful movie that that uses pacing that's that works with the story it's telling it's not it's not trying to be controversial in the way it tells the story and most importantly too and I talk about this in
1: in in my review which I haven't read it in like years now but growing up you know as a kid I luckily enough I was I was lucky to grow up in a liberal town where you learned about things that maybe other places you didn't learn about. And I remember since I was like a teenager, up until through my thirties, whenever the loving couple was brought up, it was almost it was such a cold thing. Like it was more like the loving case. Like they they were like a chapter in a law book or they were like something to be studied to the point where when I found out that they were making a loving film and then I saw the trailer, it got me to thinking it was just like, were these people actually in love? Like did they actually like each other? Were they a couple? And I think that's the most important thing the movie shows also, is that they were a family they made each other. their scenes where they're just watching TV and making each other laugh, and I think that's very important too. They weren't just some like thing t- to be studied. They were two people. They had kids, and you know, Richard loving you know, just the fact that like every day this man like they had to live. Uh, uh, was it DC, I think, or Delaware? Like he, they, like the family had to live in a different state, and every day mm-hmm. he ha- he had to commute to Richmond, Virginia, to work and then you had to commute back to another state and you know DC and DC to Richmond is not like you know parts of southern Connecticut to like the Bronx like that's a hefty trip it's like 2 hours you know what i'm saying yeah. so just to do that twice a day so like 4 hours of commuting yeah like there's so much there and 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 it is something that i I, I wish that movie had a better chance and Go it's
0: ahead. also just weird i mean I like Jeff. I like Jeff Nichols as a director, mm. and it was weird that 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 he made Midnight Special and Loving that year.
1: Yeah, right. V- oh, right right, 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 Very right. different movies. Yeah.
0: And did you know that he's set to make an Alien Nation?
1: Yep. Uh, remake. I thought it was a no-go last time I checked. I thought there were some issues. Nothing having to do with COVID. I thought it was just like it, it was getting scrapped. I thought there were some issues, to say the least. I,
0: I don't know. I think I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that are being pushed back anyway. Um,
1: sure.
0: Uh, on a on a nice note,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I I graduated from social work school this week.
1: Yeah, congratulations, man. That's awesome. And
0: and Saskia through a surprise zoom party for me yeah and you were there and yeah. lot my loved ones were there and Shaka King was there who's working on a movie about the betrayal of Fred Hampton yeah and he didn't say but I wonder when that's gonna come out you know
1: and yeah yeah
0: I that's a movie that I think is even more important you know for talking about this history, you know. Fred Hampton was murdered in his sleep while after his friend had given him enough barbiturates that could have taken his life anyway. Sure. And, you know, it's
1: interesting. I've been it's it's cool that, you know, I mean, articles have already come out now, whether it be in Variety, Hollywood Reporter about this movie. But for a while, we weren't supposed to say anything. And then like when rumors of it came out, I remember being so defensive because while Shaka's a friend, you know, at this point in life, I mean he's more a friend you guys have known each other long, but he's still someone that I I consider a friend. So it's very frustrating when reading comments and articles already denouncing the film because, you know, a non African American is playing Fred Hampton and it was and it's like, Oh, this is gonna be bad, this is gonna be and it's just kinda like, Oh, god damn it, like it really pissed me off. Um, it's like just Give the movie a chance. I mean, we're all guilty of, like, when a movie comes out, we judge it. But a movie like this, it's kind of like, just let it come out and watch it first before. And also knowing the talent of of the director. And seeing it being associated more with the production company and, like, seeing it more associated with Ryan Coogler's name was a little frustrating, too. But whatever. I I, I Judging off of Shaka's shorts, uh, his feature film, N- N- Newlyweeds, I just, there's no, I don't, see this movie being bad the subject matter knowing the person responsible for it personally it's like
0: yeah i mean also other people don't
1: other other people don't have that information i guess but whatever yeah
0: also like shaka king is one of my close friends yeah one of my closest and he has his moral compass is so strong and he has a lot of integrity and i know that he's going to um do his best to, cool. to tell this story yep. and yeah I don't yep. know Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to check like I had a whole list of movies I wanted to talk about but it's like you know I don't know I don't know what where you want to go with this you
1: know I, 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 I do because you talking about the surprise zoom party made me think about the zoom talk that we had the other day with our group of friends and it brought us to this movie that we both just recently watched called in search of the last action heroes which Mm. not not even in the most roundabout way ties into certain specific niche things that we're dealing with now on the streets of america right now in that so the last in search of the last action heroes it's there's been other movies like it like there was that movie about golem and globus there's that uh that Netflix that netflix mm-hmm. documentary and and this honestly it's very similar it's like a nostalgic you know documentary about the rise of the action star and yeah. action films and you know obviously centerpieces are guys like the core expendable guys like so Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, but then they also branch off and like you know they talk about Don the Dragon, Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, Michael J. White, Roth Chuck Rock, Norris, I mean, you know all those and, all those guys. And when C-
0: and yeah, and when Cynthia Rothrock is like, why wasn't I in the Expendables? I was like, why weren't you?
1: Yeah, why 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 weren't a lot of people who were interviewed a in lot that of documentary people, and
0: a lot of people in that movie? And I don't was Michael J. White in the Expendables?
1: He absolutely was not.
0: Yeah, yeah. like. How was he? Or like him? Michael J. White and Scott Atkins are two Western stars who are continuing the mantle of of great action movies and and great like fighting action movies. And that's what and that's what I I loved about this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Because there's a lot of good, like action is a great genre right now. There's a lot of good stuff happening. Oh yes, it is. And. Michael J. White and and Scott Atkins are in a lot of the ones that I really like. Yeah. You know. And,
1: um, it, it, and it's a joy to learn. I mean, sometimes you assume so, but sometimes y- you, you don't know who influenced and who inspired who. So it is lovely to hear that. It's not just about, like, of course, Bruce Lee inspired Michael J. White, and he says it in the documentary, but it's nice to know that, like, Van Dam and like Don the Dragon Wilson also inspired them. Scott Atkins spe- Scott Atkins specifically. It's like, all right, good, like break away from just the standard action guys. Like there were people literally who kind of crawled and walked so Michael J. White and uh Scott Atkins could could run essentially. And I think yeah. that and I think that's part of why it really cause one issue first of all I did enjoy it. On, like, kind of a, like a superficial level, because I think with that documentary, what they do, I think what they do incorrectly is they kind of group all these action movies into one, because they talk mm-hmm. about the whole idea of how action movies are separate from other genres. But even within the action movie genre, like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, guys like that, and at a certain point, you know, so was Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren, they were on a different level than, like, a Don the Dragon Wilson yeah. or, like, a lot of those directors. Like, they were, they, they were very separate. Like, it wasn't this kind of unity. All for one kind of kind of thing. Like you were less than if you were direct. Like uh, yeah. Cynthia Rothrock was not considered to be on the level of like her like the top male uh action stars. And I think that in itself should have been explored more. Or just yeah, the fact. My, that, my Go ahead.
0: My my problem with the movie, uh, I had a lot of issues. One, it was it was too long, for for, like if it was going to address. For one city. Address, Yeah, because because the thing is i think addressing movies like alien in the same breath as robocop and in the same breath as as best of the best 3 exactly like like yes. that's doing that's doing a disservice cuz that's so that's there's so many different layers of action movies and action yeah. heroes and yeah. it would have been cool to to unpack that more it should have been
1: a miniseries.
0: It should have been a miniseries because you, you Shane Black is in it and he kills it. He does a really good job, but yeah. Lethal Weapon it is very much different style of movie than Enter the Dragon uh, or Indiana than, Jones. Like to Indiana dwell on Jones. Indiana
1: Jones as much as they did, it's kind of like I get it. Sure, Harrison Ford is an action star and he he paved the way, but not on the same level of like a Bruce Lee or something. Like you, you need to kind of break things apart and and and, 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 and deconstruct and, and, and get a little and also my whole thing it's like it's this kind of thread if you keep pulling at it like like they even went so far back as to talk about you know Jaws like how you know uh, Robert Schreider, Schreider and uh, you know and Richard Dreyfus were essentially action stars in Jaws and it's like okay but now we have to go back to like Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin guys who did essentially they did crazy stunts They had cool choreographed fight scenes, and it's like, you can't mention Jackie Chan and not mention those silent film guys, so that's why it's like, if you're going to go back, really go back, and don't just make something two hours, like, or make like four two-hour things, basically, is is my thing. it's just just so many things. It's a
0: compliment. You want more of something, it's kind of a compliment. It's so many things, but also they just like glossed over, like, race and... Yep. And other socioeconomic factors. Right. Um, like,
1: I, I, I love that Alex Winter, who, you know, for those... He's, you know, Bill, for Bill and Ted. He's one of the mm-hmm. Lost Boys. Uh, also a pretty, you know, uh, accomplished music video director as, as well. He talks about how, like, you know, he was like... Uh, he had a bit part, you know, in one of the Death Wish sequels. And how that movie... And he's, let's be clear, Alex Winter's not the first person to say what or I'm about to say. It's been said a million times. But, like, the Death Wish sequels were such a, like, as he puts it, this, like, right-wing reactionary of, like, we're going to take back the streets from these mm-hmm. young thugs, which thugs is coded language and for you-know-what. young
0: what. thugs, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah,
1: yeah, brown people.
0: that was such a problem with, like, when, they, when, when L.A. Roth remade Death Wish, I was like, come on, man. We don't, like...
1: Especially during the time mean... of, like, the Trayvon Martin verdict. Was yeah. like,
0: and, and, not, and not that he
1: can control that, I understand, but it's just, like, even, let's take Trayvon out of it. It's just, like, we don't need that to be remade. Like, we get it, like, because that's the thing. Like, beside d- from the whole franchise that brought Death Wish, like, on a subconscious level, Death Wish, to some degree, kind of birthed Taxi Driver. And, like kind of yeah, set the saying, tone to certain Batman movies because the whole idea of like a vigilante taking you know obviously the story of Batman exists before Death Wish but on right. film was what I'm saying and it's like
0: but Batman it, is it is sort of like death wish just yeah. in a superhero universe and with more money and more power he's yep. he's a white dude whose family was killed by criminals and wants to end crime and and by ending crime he instead of like you know investing in infrastructure he beats up poor criminals
1: sure yeah
0: <clears throat> like when you and, unpack when you unpack batman as like outside of the world of comic books it's like it's super messed up like he he like takes young kids and turns them into his violent proteges and again sure. he's sure. a he's a billionaire like what about creating, like, education programs?
1: Yeah. Or giving people jobs in one of your many companies and factories, like Wayne Wayne and Enterprises. If an enterprise is going to bring you billions of dollars, there's there's jobs to, to be had, even on the lowest of levels.
0: I'm saying. And, yeah, so that was, that was some stuff that, that bothered me, or, like, they did go into a little bit of the supernatural, and I was sad that they really glossed over michael j white who was who was spawn yeah. and was the first you know black superhero i i mean
1: meteor man was was meteor DC. man
0: meteor man or and, whatever
1: whatever comic i think it was dc but regardless the first major i mean meteor man to a blank degree was man. tongue-in-cheek well even yeah. but that too like blank, those were kind of like silly like, these guys were... Like, Meteor Man, Blank Man, these are black superheroes who were openly like, hey, look, I'm not a badass. Like, I get... Like, in the middle of a fight, I get scared. Where Spawn was the first, like, yo, I'm gonna fuck you up kind of thing. Like, yeah. like, like I'm, not, I'm not doing that Jackie Chan, Buster Keaton thing where, like, I punch you and then I go, oh, sorry! Where it's like, this is like, no, I'm gonna murder you. So, yeah, you're right. And, yeah, and Spawn predates Blade. And I think sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate that just because a movie flops doesn't erase its history... And and the timeline and 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 the placement where it's just like even just for the simple fact oh shit Spawn was a failure, well at least we tried let let's it's still open like let's try it again and then what came what, less than two years after Spawn or maybe a year later was Blade, it doubled. Blade its money, was ninety eight. Yeah. It, oh, did it? it? Yeah. See, I didn't even. It was, I, oh, I didn't even bother. To ch- I I didn't know that. I, I didn't no, know that. No,
0: it, it wasn't. It was considered. People who liked the comic books had issues with, um, had issues with the story, yeah. but... Well, it
1: was PG-13, and nothing about...
0: I'm no comic guy, but
1: I, I remember... No. I, I was into Image for a little bit, but there's nothing PG-13 about Spawn. And I remember, too, around the same time, HBO had that animated had Spawn, Spawn cartoon, series which, that was which, R. It was hardcore. That shit was...
0: Yeah, and it's it's really yeah. good. And yeah. I think... I believe it's on Hulu or, or Prime or something like that. And right. even though it, it veered off a little bit from from the comic book it was really good the the animation was was ahead of its time mm. and it had keith david who's one of the who is one of All the right, great yeah. voice actors in cartoons i think he was goliath in in um gargoyles which is a slept on dc not dc uh disney it was like during that during that like dark duck thing you know how yeah. how disney had a, had a block of cartoons in the afternoon but Gar- gargoyles was was quite awesome and it had like a it had a more interesting story and yeah he was he did play goliath in in gargoyles yeah and yeah i don't know dude like it's oh. it's, it's weird to just i think it's interesting to gloss over or even like when they're talking about Rambo three, they're not talking about how like strangely xenophobic it is, or like how xenophobic eighties and nineties and now and new movies now action movies are. And, Especially the
1: Chuck Norris movies, and then now uh, knowing for a long time,
0: knowing that Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris was the cool like, guy.
1: Yeah, we didn't. He kept his politics separate. There was still a time where it was just like you didn't know. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger, we I'd grown up, I didn't know he was Mister Republican. You know what I'm saying? And that, to me, kind of ties back into what Alex Winter was saying about, like, you know, the Death Witch and the Bronson movies mm-hmm. is that what we were talking about earlier, now there's a lot of clips of folks from, like, there's a... Racism exists everywhere, but it's weird how regional racism is different. Like, southern racism is different than, like, California. West Coast racism is different from that, like, aggressive Northeast, you know, from, from Massachusetts down to, like, Pennsylvania, East Coast Northeast racism, where it's, like, because of these George Floyd protests, and this existed before. Let me be clear, but now you see more than ever these like kind of meathead philly dudes, Boston guys, you know yeah. niche New York guys like walking around literally as with in 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 packs with pipes and baseball bats, and they're trying to hide behind this thing. hey, we're protecting our neighborhood where it's like no, you're looking for an excuse to like. <clears throat> Beat up like a young brown kid who some of them are looting, some of them are protesting. I, I mean, s- s- some of them are doing inappropriate stuff, but bottom line, it's like the majority of them are just trying to protest and have their voice be heard. And I just picture this like some like 15, 16, 17 year old kid, you know, getting attacked by some like you know, Philly sports fan with with with, with a lead pipe who's just hiding. Like, hey man, I'm just trying to protect a uh, target, cause yeah. you know you know and 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 i have to you know someone who th- this isn't a diss to him i, I kind of we definitely we had an interesting conversation where i tweet there were these people there's this neighborhood in philadelphia where they were the, the citizens were standing in front of target to protect it so i retweeted how silly this is and this guy who, who i'm friendly with he's from that neighborhood in philly he was just like you know hey just so you know because of between COVID and these protests a lot of stores have closed and you know, Target, you know, now is the only place where people can get you know, prescriptions and food, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know what? Two things. First of all, first of all, fair enough, because you're actually there in that neighborhood. I'm not there. I can't comment on it. However, I hope when all this stuff is over, and now this is where my architecture, urban, urban planning, brain comes in in handy. It's kind of like, well, you know, I hope once all this stuff is over, you guys take enough initiative to march to city hall and go, hey. The way that this city is planned is fucked up. If when a semi-disaster happens, Target is the place where we have to rely on to get things like prescription and food. I I hope you take the same energy and try to rebuild your city because this is a problem. If Target is the is 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 the bastion where Target is the place that you have to protect because there aren't enough there aren't enough other places to get a goddamn prescription or food. Right. You got to go to Target, but that's besides the point. So. But yeah, so as as I was watching the last Action Heroes documentary, I was, I, I, I'm thinking of these videos, I mean, it's just, you know, Boston and Philadelphia, you really are playing into some of your stereotypes, and it's like, a lot of people don't like to play into, be- like, believe that stereotypes exist, but now more than ever, it's just like, these, you know, Irish and Italian American guys walking the streets with pipes looking to beat up people, it's kind of like, Jesus Christ, you, you know, but... Sorry, let me not overtalk the podcast, but that, that's why, just kind of it, where my brain's at.
0: Why? Why it's our podcast?
1: Sure, sure. But I, I don't know if you had if you had something to say, but it, it's just like, yeah, it, it's that death wish nonsense where oh yeah. So like a couple weeks ago, I watched this special. There's this kind of true crime special on Netflix where they deal with the real cases of like you know the real story behind you know that movie you know the the case of Jodie Foster's you know the the movie The Accused. Mm-hmm. and, like, the Bernard Get story, and there was stuff where it was, like, I always knew, like, I can vaguely remember, I mean, when the sh- Bernard Get shooting happened, I was a baby, yeah. but when he finally went to trial, I was a little, little kid, and I remember, you know, you see little newspaper paper things about how, like, well, he was being robbed, and it was like he had been robbed before, He he did have a gun illegally, but he was defending himself, blah, 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 but the bigger problem was... How much the city of New York cheered for him mm-hmm. when he killed these, like, black kids. It was just kind of like, he was defending himself, but the separate issue now is just kind of like, he's a hero. And it's like, it's essentially all these people were championing him for like, oh, I wish I could do that. And it's just, it goes back to that Death Wish, Travis Bickle, taxi driver shit where, like, yeah, people, and, it's scary. The like, jo- they really want to do this.
0: And the Joker from last year. like oh, yeah, right, 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 duh, duh, yeah, right. And there's also like the Warriors, which has a lot of racial connotations that's not um, completely gone into. And no, also, that,
1: that just, book is fucked up, by the way. The actual book that the Warriors is based on. Yeah. Oh my no, god! No, no, it's,
0: it's like it's somehow more messed up than the movie. Yeah. yeah. And they were they were gonna remake the Warriors as like a West Coast gang movie. Yeah. And I'm. I, I was actually interested in seeing what they did. I don't know how they. I don't know how it could be done presently and not be kind of hokey. Or exactly because the whole point
1: of what makes Warriors such a specific regional movie was the whole idea was like the trains. Yeah. The subway was the biggest part. And look, I get Los Angeles has a train system, but there's no place in America that has the subway system that is of New York City, and that's no. what makes that movie work. So you can't really do that story. Anywhere else, and
0: and the and the weird outfits that don't that doesn't necessarily you know
1: translate these days. True, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And one thing that I that I like one thing that going back to in search of the last action hero, and actually there's a couple action movies I wouldn't mind talking about. Yeah. Like they didn't talk about when they were talking about Rambo three, and again I think the Rambo movies. And the commando movies and the big ones could have been a whole separate thing, Uh, like because there's like there's, there's martial arts action movies and then there's gun action movies and then there's, sci-fi action movies and then there's horror action movies and there's just a lot there's a lot of different things and there there definitely is a way to combine all of them. You know, um, pardon me, Shane Shane Black's Iron Man Three is a very good way of combining like action in in many different styles but Agreed. like i think they chose to not be ultra political with the movie which i think is bullshit because everything is yeah. political yeah. and if you don't think something is political then you might want to check i know this is like a coded phrase these days but you might want to check your privilege to because because you're not thinking that maybe it's political because it's concepts that you haven't thought about as political because they're popular with you but they didn't mention if i remember correctly Rambo 3 at the end of the movie is dedicated to the freedom fighters of Al Qaeda right yeah no it is that, that that's always been the thing about that movie and there was a time after after 911 where um where you couldn't rent Rambo 3 at Blockbuster right <laughs> and and that's that's another thing is like if you if you if you tell a conservative person to you know that like not talk like if you try to bring up 9-11 they're like oh that's that's not cool I'll never forget but that you know and then you can't talk about police brutality or police violence or systemic oppression i just think it's strange when people pick and choose what is acceptable violent outrage mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah and yeah it's just it's just screwed up man it's very screwed up and it makes me it makes me even more frustrated with black Klansmen.
1: oh man you want to talk about just the like i think that i th- that that's an example of just like People getting caught up in the basic superficial idea of that movie getting caught up in spike lee and not going wait a minute what what is this movie saying like i i i I still don't think people have 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 done that and it's like hold on let's let's maybe assess certain specific scenes in in that movie like this movie's messed up yeah so
0: like 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 what are you talking about here
1: Seriously, like just the way that movie ends, and like the whole thing where they're on the phone, joke. Like, yeah, there's just I gotta. And also, the deeper thing that unfort you know, it's unfortunate because Boots Riley got. We've talked, we've mentioned this before. I don't think in depth how Boots Riley really got shitted on. For bringing up a really important thing, how like this guy, you know, you know that you know the Black Klansman's based on. It wasn't how. It's one of those things where, like, in the movie, it portrays it like he went undercover to, you know, a Black Panther meeting one time, where it was like, in reality, this guy infiltrated the Black Panthers, and he was undercover for, I think, for almost two years. Yeah. And it's almost like shame on Spike Lee, because Spike Lee, I mean, this ain't the only time. There's been many over these decades where he's, he's about one thing, but it's like, you know he'll direct commercial for the police or he'll direct commercials for the army, but then in his movies, he'll bash the institution that is the police or the army. It's like, pick a side. Um, I just think that it's almost shame on him and also shame on you as a director. Like, that makes it interesting. It's like the reverse Black Klansman. It's like you're this black guy, you're the first black police officer in this division, and they're having you infiltrate under shitty pretenses. uh, They're having you infiltrate the black panther party who was nonviolent as opposed to the the local clan you, you know what i'm saying like that would have made s- such a... if anything it would have been a made an interesting movie where it was just like that's what the movie's about this black guy going undercover you know as as a black panther person and the movie ends on the arc of him going oh well we need you to infiltrate the clan now but that's just me yeah I, I, no I because
0: know. that also then talks about is it like sometimes you can just talk about what's actually going on in the world and and talk about the problems by by going into it yeah and also yeah. like apparently spike lee just made a short film about police brutality
1: well yeah he just updates so and it's this is also kind of sad do, he, and he shaka he up,
0: shaka oh, king made a video about police brutality like three years ago that's Really, very good. Not laserism, which also is very good, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: he made a video during Christmas compiling videos of of cops being violent, and it's right. it's really intense. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I I know Spike Lee updated the so years. It's it sucks that we're back. To where we were like five years ago, but Spike Lee kind of did a mashup edit of like the murder of Radio Raheem with Eric Garner. So now he updated it and he added footage of George Floyd, which is kind of crazy. Where it's like shit, we're still here, huh? Yeah, but so, again,
0: George Floyd, Eric Garner said I can't breathe, and George Floyd yeah. said I can't breathe, right. and my mom called me and she's like, you know, I've, I've, I've never really. Had, you, we don't. I've never really had to watch these videos before. You know, growing up sure. and being part of, you know, being part of adjacent movements in in civil rights, we knew that these things were happening, but we weren't seeing them on TV. Mm-hmm. And yep. it makes me want to be more active. It makes me want to see what I can do. And you know, when when he said when he called out for his mother, I just. I felt so much pain. Yeah,
1: because yeah. I know,
0: because like I also know that that's probably something that wouldn't happen to you, you being me. Um, and, but right, it's just it's heartbreaking, and it's weird that someone like Dylan Roof can murder people in a church, and then get bought Burger King, and then someone else is is allegedly writing a bad check. And gets gets murdered.
1: And let me tell you something right now, too, because over the years I've had these arguments of, like, when... And it's a super valid argument what Scott just said. Others have been like, oh, Dylan Roof murders people in a goddamn church. And exactly, you're taking a Burger King where someone does, like, uh, a potentially minute crime and they're murdered. And the immediate defense is, well... Those happen in different places, different states, different cities, different, th- different this. And it's like, fine. And if you want to go there, then police, no matter what different state where you're from, police in America all have this like blue unity brotherhood, no matter state to state. So it's like, so fine. If you want to do that, then I will say this that the, all you have to do is that when people say, well, what happened with Dylan Rufus in South Carolina, what happened to George Floyd was, you know, in uh shit, Minnesota. But it's like, okay. Well, cops are all—they always consider themselves brothers, no matter where they serve. So it's like, fuck that. Even though you shouldn't have to say that, but if you need some kind of an airtight argument, because yeah. no matter what, there's always going to be Mister Contrary and Mister Argument. So you use that, and 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 I go back to. You know, for anyone who's always had an issue with like, oh, cops like take my wife, for example, she's Long Island born and bred where they and specifically where she's from. They love their cops. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like so when people hear F the police, it's not necessarily, although sometimes it's it's not necessarily about like the beat cop who's on your street, who is patrolling a neighborhood in Brownsville. But he happens to be from this like super white neighborhood in Long Island. Watch Sidney Lamette's um, Prince of the City. There's a where it, it's a movie's mm. about police corruption. it's It's a long movie, but the, the important the most important impactful scene about the the problem with cops is when the whole premise of the movie, but the final scene is it's just like you have this cop who he finally gets a conscience and he wants to kind of like, you know, expose police corruption. and other cops who are doing corrupt shit are like, "What the fuck, man? And it's kind of like, I think that's the problem right there. It's like you have other cops who know that shit is wrong, but when another cop wants to expose it, they're like, hey, don't do that. What's wrong with you? I think that's the problem. And that's, at least when I'm like, F the police, or it's like, I can't stand cops, that's my problem. It's like they hide behind this whole brotherhood nonsense whenever it's convenient. And the final scene in Prince of the City is this character played by Treat Williams years later, because he was a corrupt cop also. He works with the police, he exposes corruption, and now he's teaching... um, you know, would-be, you know, up-and-coming cops, and this one student of his is like, hey, aren't you that cop who flipped on your fellow police officers? He's like, well, I've learned all I need to learn from you. Fuck you. And he just walks out of class, and it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. The whole idea of being a cop is to uphold the law. So it's like, you have a problem when a cop wants to expose corruption within the organization that's supposed to uphold it. Like, that's always been my issue with the whole fellow cop thing. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like you should be outraged. Yeah. That's all. Just, just be outraged. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, dude. It's just so. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. And it's just, it's so interesting because there's like, yeah, there were all these movies I was excited to talk to you about today. But I think I think we can talk about them another day. yeah
1: and in a weird way, the movies that we will be talking about in our next episode will make a nice companion to this because a lot of the keywords and name drops apply to the films that we're gonna cover in the episode after the the, the next episode. So there's so there's some continuity.
0: Yeah because we have we have a really nice guest lined up for next week. Yeah, we do. and. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just trying to look at my list and see if any, any of it right now, makes sense. Sure. But the thing is, like, you know, it doesn't, cause, cause I, I feel like we've done a lot of work today, and thank you for allowing me to talk about this stuff. And, you know, obviously, if anyone, if anyone has any stuff to talk about, if, if you're upset, if you're if you're white and upset and and want to talk about stuff like then you know my dms are open if if you're black and something i said offended you uh my dms are open obviously i'm open i i'm learning i'm always learning and and i'm trying to you know if i do something and uh you know let me know i want to be held accountable right i was about i was gonna you know and again i was gonna read I was gonna read some. Uh, I was gonna read some um, some fan mail, but I don't want to do that today. Uh, yeah, we we
1: can save it. May, make sure we'll just have potentially more fan mail in in, in our next episode. But we'll 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 read yeah, it. We'll or, get to it.
0: Or you know even angry mail or something. But just like one more thing, like we're talking about how like you and I are very immunocompromised, so it's very yeah. it's dangerous right now without without a clear explanation of how COVID works for us to go out protesting. So yes. that's why, like, I'm trying to figure out stuff that I can do, um, trying to um, try to try to work in anti-racist spaces and, and do work. Because mm-hmm. just because you can't go to a protest doesn't mean you can't help. And... Of course not. Of course. Of course. And I'm just saying that... Uh, you know rest in peace and i'm just i'm just sorry that 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 this shit happens you know i'm not going to say this shit is still happening or like like that shit is happening and i think some massive overhauls need to happen so this stuff doesn't happen and right. this is probably the most political we're going to get ever maybe i don't know but you know vote in your local elections vote sure. you know if you think that the presidential election this year is rigged and you're worried about voting for president still please show up or or do your absentee ballot because it might be an absentee ballot and yeah. look at your congress people look at your judges look at and look at what their views are and look at what their thoughts are and See if they're in line with your values because sure. you probably you know want people who who have values that are that work for you. and hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't want police to be able to hurt black and brown people with impunity. yeah and if you do stop listening you oh know? yeah
1: absolutely stop listening
0: <laughs> um yeah man i i think i think we're good for this episode yeah all right i love you brother love you too